Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Rooted with Yams, a podcast where we talk about all things womanhood, where we are getting rooted in who we are and empowering ourselves to achieve the maximum reach of our branches. This is a space where we can just, you know, talk it out and air it out as we are figuring out how to be the woman we aspire to be now in the present. Okay, so here we are, Major Key number two. We made it, you guys. Thank you so much if you listened to the first Major Key. I had fun recording that episode, and I think today will be just the same. Um, Thank you guys so much for your suggestions, your comments, and your feedback. Like, It makes my heart so warm, and it's really encouraging that people actually listen, and I'm not just talking to myself, even though I promise you I talk to myself anyway, so I wouldn't even mind. But yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Today, our second major key is going to be all about maintaining our reproductive health, and I'm excited to talk about this a little bit because I had so many questions regarding my first visit to the gynecologist, and I felt so empowered and encouraged, and just my mind was so clear after that, you know, and it just made it so easier to continue the next year and just maintain a healthy habit and take care of myself better. So we're going to talk about it because obviously, clearly, clearly, and obviously, obviously, and clearly, our reproductive organs is kind of the bulk of what makes us a woman. Like it is a major key in itself of our womanhood, like physically, literally. So talking about it and talking about maintenance of it and her health and keeping her healthy, you know, it's gonna be an automatic major key to the success to our womanhood. This is a major key alert. Yeah, so before we go around confidently owning our kitty in all her perfect glory, you know, we need to have confidence in her. We need to have, uh, you know, a full ownership of her true relationship and bond with her okay we can't walk around talking about how we bad and we love ourselves and we're one with ourselves if we don't even know her potential we don't even know her powers we don't know all her glory and her honor so I just feel like the first steps to stepping into your womanhood is actually understanding the physical and scientific hormonal homeostasis, everything, the equilibrium of your organs and those specific organs that make you a woman. Am I making sense? Okay. So another thing I know it might be like a, well, at least for me, my reservations going in, um, it it limited me. Like my reservations kept me from taking healthy steps and being regular with visits and stuff. But I promise you, if you have any type of similar reservations that I had, I promise you that regular visits and familiarity with your gynecologist 
or really whoever is providing you with this um, health care and this education regarding your reproductive organs. It could be a pediatrician, a family doctor, nurse practitioner, a, phys- a physician assistant, anyone who's helping you with this and advising you in this. Um, visiting them frequently and honestly will take your confidence in your womanhood to new heights. Sis, I promise you this. Like, As soon as you get over your reservations, you will be walking in yourself taller and more confidently. Secondly, there are so many questions, especially for young girls, young women, um, about discharges, discomforts, regularities or irregularities, what's normal, what's not normal, and just general body processes that if you become misinformed early on, like if you let your little friends or the TV tell you what's right or wrong, that can really play a detrimental role in how you treat and care for your body for years to come, sometimes even for decades to come, or sometimes it could just misguide you for the rest of your life. Anyways, the last um, reason why this conversation is important is especially if you are sexually active. And the reason being simply put is because of maintenance. Girl, you got to maintain your girl for the girls. Well, or the guys, whatever. You got to maintain her. You got to keep her healthy. You got to keep her strong. But most importantly, healthy. And regular visits to the gynecologist can make sure that she is strong and healthy and able. Yes, child, she got to be able to continue to live her life, your life, howsoever you desire to live it, okay? You gotta you gotta do maintenance on her. You gotta make sure that as things come in, the right things leave or the right things stay in, or there's no exchange at all. That we everyone is just staying in their lane and minding their business or sharing their business if that's what you want. Okay, but in order to know that for sure, to have security and confidence in in her, you you just gotta see a doctor about it, okay? Okay, so like I said, this episode is really gonna talk about a major key being maintenance of your reproductive organs and health, okay? So we're going to talk a lot about visiting the gynecologist, um, pap smear etiquette, and it will just kind of be like bullet points, I guess you could say. We'll talk about how we should do it, how we can prepare for these visits, what to expect, how frequently we should go. So it'll be a mix of like fun facts and just tips and tricks, okay? So hold on tight, get your... Um, sensor buttons off because y'all know sometimes I have not a filthy mouth but just a scientific mouth. I, I, I'm not gonna, I started off using the word kitty cat and all of that, but we're gonna be talking about your vagina, your cervix, and your vulva. So if you're uncomfortable with those three words, just say it real quick one time with me, all right? Vagina, cervix, vulva, vagina, cervix, vulva, vagina, cervix, vulva. Now that it's all out your system, get used to it. Let's jump right in. Okay, so let's start with the facts. Those are cute. Those are fun. Those are straightforward. And the first fact I guess we can talk about is how frequently or when we're supposed to start visiting our women's health care provider. And 
That is actually not a strong black and white fact. Different factors, different variables, different cultures, and so many different aspects are going to affect and influence this answer. But on average, the answer you'll get is 21 years old. You should start visiting. I, I'm probably, I'm almost positive by now that it's 18. Um, and then before then, if you are sexually active, of course, um, you should begin those visits at that point. Some researchers would even say at puberty, but that's not like the most favored answer. So the answer I'm going to put on here is 18. Don't take that as a hard and steady fact. Um, you can consult your pediatrician, your family care provider before making that kind of leap. But yeah, that's out the way. And you should continue uh, checkups with pap smears or a pelvic exam every three to five years. And then if you are sexually active, or especially if you're switching partners every year and sometimes even recommended six months just to be safe. So those are the facts, the really gray facts, but it is what it is. Um, reproductive health is always a gray area when just being discussed. And I really think it's just going to be like that forever. No one wants to just tell you how to do something with your body, how to maintain your body. So there's always a lot of range and a lot of factors that will affect these quote unquote facts. Okay, now for the fun stuff. Before we start, actually, let me tell you guys, let me just debunk, I guess, this sort of myth. Um, about gynecologists, you don't only go to your gynecologist and spread your legs and have someone go digging. That is not the the sole role of a gynecologist or an OBGYN or any woman's health care provider, okay? Um, these people are medical doctors who have had years and years of experience and residency and training, and it's not just in telling you to spread your legs and sticking a finger up you. So um, you can go to them for information about hormonal imbalances. Um, a lot of times your reproductive system plays a hand-in-hand -hand role with your urinary system, your digestive system, and your overall metabolic processes. So you can go to them for a number of things and you can be referred to gynecologists from your pediatrician or from your family doctor for a number of reasons, okay? So this stigma or this idea that all they do is pap smears and deliver babies and like cervic cervical exams. It's not necessarily true. They're there to educate you. You can literally go there and not be touched or not um, get a pelvic exam. You can go there for a number, a number of reasons. But obviously, we're not going to talk about all those reasons. Look it up. Talk to your family healthcare provider, your pediatrician, whoever your NP, your PA, talk to them and they could tell you some things that you might need a gynecologist for over your traditional pediatrician or everyday um, practitioner. Anyways, that was a lot of boring jibber jabber. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Okay, let's talk about these pap smears. I think that's what at least my age group, I think that's kind of our our first experience at the gynecologist is like, we are going for our pap smear. I am 21 years old or I'm 18 years old and it is time. It is time that I'm 
take this milestone in womanhood, okay? It is time I get my pap smear. And a lot of people are just like, you know, I know they're going to go in me, um, but I don't really know what they're checking for. Or I don't really know how to act. I don't know how I should feel. So I'm going to, we're just going to, we're just going to knock it out, okay? We're just going to knock it out one by one. Number one, a pap smear is an exam that just really takes a sample of what's in your cervix. And the purpose for that is because at this age, um, young women, our cervix is very susceptible uh, to good good bacteria and also bad bacteria. It's susceptible, susceptible, aha. It is susceptible to exponential growth of the cells and that as we know is not always a good thing sometimes growing cells can grow at alarming rates or they could be cancerous or they could just not be the right growth at the right time so you get your pap smear they they go in there and they take like a swab to get a sample and they'll measure it they'll you know, run it through some tests. I don't know the kind of test or whatever. It's not that important. They're going to run it through some tests. They're going to get your results and tell you are good to go or, hey, we saw something that's kind of alarming. We want to get you some further tests or this is something unique to your cervix, to your cells, to your body. So be mindful of X, Y, Z. That's it. It's just to give you a little bit of feedback for you to know your um, cervix, your vagina a little bit better. You know what she likes, you know what she doesn't like, or if there's anything you should be looking for or concerned about. And who doesn't want to know that information? Who? You might think you don't need to know that information, but once you find out something or once you are told like there's actually nothing to be told here, I promise you, girl, I promise you, you feel so much better. You feel like Wow, I didn't know I was worried about that, but now that I know that there's nothing wrong, I feel so relieved. It's really weird how that works, but hey, it works. The next thing I want to talk about is pap smear etiquette, okay? Because I have heard the darnest things when it comes to pap smear etiquette. Some people have, or some people do, do the absolute most. Some people are really scared. Some people are a little too excited for my liking. There's just a range of different emotions that go through people's head when it comes to going to a very, very regular and normal checkup. Part A of pap smear etiquette is to relax. Girl, ladies, friends, listeners, we have to relax during this process, during this experience, like... I know it's going to a doctor and sometimes in general, that's just an uncomfortable experience. But in this particular case, like your discomfort, your reservations is making everybody's job more difficult. Do you understand? Like if you have a flu or a cold and you go to the doctor, it's going to be hard for them to check your tonsils or your nose because it's naturally congested. But you're not fighting that congestion, you know, like you're not an added variable to the normal symptoms. Does this make sense? But when you go to a gynecologist or when you go for a pap smear at your, um, with your pediatrician, your discomfort is literally fighting the whole process. Like it is hindering what needs to be done. And it's not a normal type of constriction, contract 
contraction, it's not normal. You're adding to um, a symptom. You're making her or his job more difficult, and you're making the experience more uncomfortable for you. So just relax. A way that helps me relax is just talking. I put this as part B of pap smear etiquette, like to talk, to have conversation like you normally would. Like if you're not normally a talker, obviously don't go in there as Miss Chatty Pants or whatever. But if you are just a normal, hey, how are you? Like casual conversation haver, have conversation. That can help you relax. And it also makes the environment just better for the both of you. Okay, because I, I empathize. I really feel bad sometimes for gynecologists who everybody who comes in has like this wall, like this tenseness about them. Okay. I hate being around tense people. Like I can feel when there's tension in a room. So imagine them having to deal with that patient after patient after patient when they have dedicated their whole life to just wanting you to live your best life, you know? And then they're just received with tense, tense, tense. Like no one's coming up and they're relaxed and happy and just comfortable. So make your gynecologist's day by going in there talkative and relaxed, okay? Um, the third part, part C, I guess, to pap smear etiquette is to keep in mind that your vagina and your vulva is not the first one they've ever seen, okay? Your cat ain't brand new. She's regular. No matter what you think, no matter how special you think she is, she is very regular degular. Not only has your gynecologist seen millions of them in her textbooks, in her labs, on cadavers, in real life, she has also seen dozens, maybe, that day before she saw yours. Yours ain't nothing, nothing special, okay? Please, and trust, like, tell yourself they would not have gone into this profession if they were uncomfortable with this. They wouldn't have. They would have chose another specialty. So you relax. Take comfort in that fact. So here we go. A, B, and C. A, relax. B, talk. C, know that you ain't special. Your kitty ain't the first one he or she has seen. And the last pap smear etiquette point, point letter D, okay, is to remember that this is not a date. This is not a a booty call. This is not a, a pickup. It ain't none of that. Okay. There's no pressure to be in your birthday suit, to be nude, bare, and like just bald headed. There's, there's really no pressure for all of that. Okay. Like I said, in, in letters C and B, just relax. This ain't the first thing she's ever encountered. It's not the first time she's seen some pubic hair and if anybody is going to cheer for you and root for you and be pro-pubic hair, it's going to be a gynecologist because they have studied for decades the importance of hair, bodily hairs, and their significance in their placement around your body, how they protect you from the hazards of the environment and of nature and of penises and all of that. Like they ha- They're going to be your biggest advocate for pubic hair. So don't feel pressure. Like There's some useless young little man, little dude, whatever, who has never seen a vulva before in his life. They're not that stupid, okay? Don't take your gynecologist as some regular, regular dude. 
or a female, whoever you're messing with. They're not regular degular. They know the importance and the purpose of pubic hairs and they understand the role that they play on your body. They understand the role of the epidermis, the dermis, the ectodermis, the endodermis. They understand all of that. They understand the extremely sensitive nature that our vulva and our vaginal area has. And they also understand the extreme harshness and filth of this world. So all you need to do, okay, all you need to do when it comes to pap smear etiquette and trimming and maintenance, shaving, waxing, all that, all that upkeeping, all you got to do is do whatever makes you feel the most fresh, okay? Whatever, the way I think about it, like, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't do whatever I'm thinking I might do, like, just a normal night out with no, like, no dudes involved, if I'm doing more than that, I'm doing too much. So whatever I would normally do, maybe to go dancing or go somewhere like outdoorsy, maybe like a little preventative measures just from the elements of like sweat and heat and like nervousness. Because sometimes like if you're like me, I'm like a nervous sweater. So like there, there are some measures you might have to take if you know you're just going to start sweating because you're a nervous sweater. Um, so just, you know, a little powder, never kill nobody a little bit. Okay. Don't make your gynecologist have an allergy attack and be sneezing all up in you. So do nothing extreme. You're not going on a date. You are not, no one, no one is searching you. No one is, no one is going to do all that extra that you think they're going to do. Now, there are some upkeeping and maintenance trends that you should definitely avoid before going to a gynecologist. The first one being like deodorizers, deodorizing agents, deodorants. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The sprays. We love those sprays in high school volleyball. Like we had like two bottles in the locker room that everyone would just spritz, spritz up in their... Sp- <laughs> oh God, this is nasty. But we would just spray deodorize you know our area before putting on our spandex but anyways don't do that do not if you have what is it summer's breeze summer eve whatever don't spray that up in there um before you go to the gynecologist let your natural odors flow okay they they want to check you at your most natural state so don't spray nothing up in there um don't wear a tampon obviously like don't go to the gynecologist if you're on your period don't do that unless like you have had previous complaints about a specific thing you notice when you're on your period, then they might tell you, okay, next time you're on your period, come by. But unless you're instructed to do so, do not spread your legs to any doctor when you're on your period because um, they, they can't check for much. Like you're in the middle of your flow cycle. Anyways, um, what else? Don't douche. You should never do that, period, but definitely don't do that before you go to your gynecologist. Uh, what else? Did I say spray? Yeah, don't spray nothing. Don't put. Don't try to, like, stretch yourself out before you go. Um, that's not safe, number one. Don't try to, like, stimulate yourself before you go and just get everything aroused for your gynecologist. They, not, they don't need all that. They know how to do your, their job without you doing anything 
anything at all before, okay? So that's pretty much it for my pap smear etiquette bullet points. If you have anything else to add, please um, leave a comment down below in the description box or the comment section. If you're on SoundCloud, obviously you know how to post a comment. Or you can email me at rootedwithyams at gmail.com if you have anything else to add um, to your pap smear etiquette. Are there any mistakes that you've made that you want to pass to the next sister not to make? It's okay. I've made some. So don't be shy. Let's let's share the information, okay, so we don't have our sisters out here looking crazy. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's our second major key. Take care of your reproductive health, okay? Go visit your gynecologist. It is a major key to locking in and securing your womanhood and becoming confident in the woman you are and the woman you are growing into. So y'all already know what to do. Like this, subscribe, share, and please rate, 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 rate this podcast and share it with your friends. It really helps me and you and your friends obviously okay because we don't want our friends douching before they go to the gynecologist and the only way they'll know not to is if you share this with them i'm just kidding hopefully they know that already but anyways i also want to note one more thing and that's about the cost obviously gynecology is a specialty and sometimes people are really fearful of the cost but because of a great great man named obama majority of insurances, Medicaid, Medicare, um, well, Medicaid, covers pap smears and regular uh, gynecologist visits. So make sure you look into that. Make sure you have um, insurance that would cover such a visit. It could even be free if you are in school or at any institution where you have something plus fees, i.e. tuition and fees. Girl, your fees covers stuff like this. So take advantage. My first uh, pap smear was at my beautiful university because, hey, it was for free. Maybe it was like $5, but whatever. It was free enough for me to go and do it and take that milestone and taking care of myself. So you guys make sure you look into that and take care of yourselves. That's all, y'all. Bye-bye.